Welcome to the TGC Canada Worship God podcast, where we discuss all things relating, pertaining to worship, worshiping God, gospel-centered worship, and serving the local church in worship. And with me today, all the way from the West Coast, Mr. Pat Sabell. Welcome, Pat. Hello. Hey. Hey. How you doing, Cody? And uh, all the way from holidays in Kingston, Mr. Rob Rockman. Hey, Rob. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Hey, I'm restful, so I'm good. Good to see you, Jody. Good to see you, Pat. Good. You are restful, and um, <clears throat> that's great that you're rested. It is holiday time. I'm not on holidays. Pat, you've kind of been on a bit of a forced holiday. You had a bit of a neck injury that you've been nursing, and how are yeah, you? Yeah. I'm doing well. I just won't move too much, but besides that, <laughs> gonna it's, say, it's, on, it's on the mend. They're going to say, that guy stayed really still for the whole 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll have to double check if your stream is still on or not. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. we don't. We don't heal uh, at uh, later ages like we did when we were Rob's age. So, Rob, no, you, you can do crazy things and uh, you'll heal faster than we do. Yeah, I don't think even I would do what Pat did, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, guys, it's good to see you again. This is episode five. Today, we're going to be talking about the worship leader-senior pastor relationship, and that's a whole world of discussion and so, so important. We're mm -hmm. going to get to that in just a minute. But um, we want to talk a little bit for a couple of minutes about the update of what's been going on with COVID and worship in the local church. And uh, Rob, tell us about what, um, what's going on in Ontario for the permissions and the, the rules and the opening up that, uh, that you're experiencing and what, what you're doing about it. Yeah, so um, as we've been moving into kind of stage three, um, some regions in Ontario moving into stage three, you know, we're in Halton, we're part of the kind of horseshoe. So things are always a little delayed for us. But even in our community, for example, they um, all indoor buildings you need are requiring face masks. That's becoming pretty common now across the board. And so that's been a conversation, obviously, in the church, having to let people know, hey, when you come to church now, uh, there's not really an option. We've got to all wear face masks. And, um, and as businesses are opening up, we've seen kind of a rise again in kind of COVID and uh, interestingly in younger uh, and the younger people, it seems that's what I've heard. And I think it's because people are just kind of people my age are all so excited to finally get out there and kind of being a little careless. So it does present some option, some more, you know, conversation for the church, because now you're starting to see the risks come up again and thinking about those who are most at risk. Maybe some of them, I know at our church, we've had some of our seniors coming out to church, just loving to come on out and uh, worship. And now you're just a bit more thinking about, okay, you know, there might be more real risks that we need to mitigate and how do we do that? And so that seems to be the conversation right now. Some churches, you know, they've increased um, the size, but for churches, it's, I think in Ontario, it's always been 30%. And so I think that hasn't changed, even though some places are opening up more numbers seem to be still at the 30% mark, right? So, yeah, that's where we find ourselves at right now. Okay. And Pat, um, any changes in the West Coast that uh, you've been seeing? <clears throat> well, in BC, we're, uh, I think we just had over the weekend, I, I just pulled up the report here, 102 new cases over the past 72 hours. Um, and they and it was uh, 51 cases from Friday to Saturday. It's the highest one-day bump since April 27th. And so, um, you know, the health minister here was very concerned yesterday in her speech and saying that they they're prepared to pull back if necessary. 
at present there's 50 people allowed to gather with all the social distancing uh, stuff in place and i think that the church there's a real frustration within a lot of people just to to want to say you know i'm done with this let's just start to meet uh, at the same time um you know you you're you're got a tech team and a worship team and you got 35 seats open in your in your um, auditorium and it's uh, everybody's well spaced apart and doesn't shake hands and don't talk to each other <laughs> it's just a weird setting and uh, yeah. it's it's kind of sad to hear that they're saying we might necessarily have to pull back if necessary and that's that's kind of uh mm. i think it's yeah just hoping that doesn't happen and and that we actually could move to a phase four where where maybe more people are allowed to gather but at the present, I think there's a lot of churches that are saying we need to make this happen, even if we have to do multiple services or if we have to, um, you know, get, get uh, the church I'm at right now. It's basically you get one Sunday during the summer to attend. Mm. Uh, so your people are just signing up. And if someone cancels or doesn't show up, then they'll, they'll let a few through the door. But it's, yeah pretty crazy i was at west side church on on sunday it's downtown it's a big church huge auditorium that seats like i think 2500 people and there was 36 in the huh. in the auditorium and uh, it i mean it was just for me it was a wonderful time just you know worshiping god and hearing the word preached and the lord's supper but uh it just was it grieved me <laughs> that there's this big building that's usually you know 1500 plus people in there and and that's what what it was like so these are these are tough tough times and it probably is tough as well because you hear in ontario that we have permissions i know that uh, i'm in a really good cornerstone baptist and this week for the first time well actually last week for the first time we actually allowed our congregation to sing so we had recorded music on the screen and people were masked in the congregation. We had up to about 150 people. We're allowed about 220 in our building because of size uh, allotments, 30%. And so we gave people the permission to sing behind their masks. Mm. That was wow. just such a joy. And people said, well, I've kind of been singing anyway, quietly behind my mask. But <laughs> now we have the full permission to sing. And this week, we found out that uh, we are going to be able to have live music with a live congregation singing behind masks. So what it means for us is that we're going to actually put plexiglass shields up in front of the, the worship leader or the person who is singing. And as long as they're behind a shield, uh, we're allowed to have a live band with live singers with a live congregation singing. So we're getting there. And sorry to tell you that, because that's got to be a little discouraging for you. Salt and wound. West Coast. Well, the one thing benefit we have is we nobody has to wear masks and we actually sing. So. <laughs> there's only only 37 of us but they're all singing which is kind of cool yeah. well hang in there and uh, we did have our last uh, discussion about discouragement and how we keep ourselves encouraged so we'll just keep praying that the lord will help us and give us patience and wisdom well yeah. today's topic is about the really important worship leader senior pastor relationship and i'm going to throw it to you guys in a second but i think this is one of the two key relationships in the church and uh for a number of reasons and i want to hear from you fellas just why you think it's it's so crucial that this is a strong relationship and um why we need to guard it and why we need to grow it so uh, rob let's start with you yeah i think um 
<clears throat> the gathering of the saints is the highlight of the week for everybody. And th those two relationships really are essential behind creating a cohesive time of worship, of gospel presentation, of gospel proclamation. And, um, you know, we can, it can really become very much disjointed if that relationship isn't really functioning properly. Um, it's funny, you know, we, we go to first, first Corinthians 14 and Paul's biggest thing that he's hitting on is the importance of understanding of clarity when it comes to worship, when there's things going on and it's disjointed and these people are doing this and these people are doing that and, and things aren't being understood. He says, Hey, it's don't do that. <laughs> and, and, and he says, Hey, I'm going to sing with my spirit, but I'm going to sing with understanding as well. And so I think that that relationship, understanding, sitting together, meeting together, talking together, planning a service together where the gospel is made clear, the songs and music and every other element, the Lord's supper, the sacraments all work together towards should be working to, together towards this idea of a clear presentation a clear encouragement a clear edification not only of the lord as we worship him but of the saints together and that that relationship really is key in making that happen so i think it's go time when it comes to that relationship that's a very key relationship in terms of accomplishing that vision yeah as you're talking i'm just seeing uh, that that picture of the yoke and the oxen they're pulling together they've got to be pulling in the same direction the work is massively important and you can't have one going one way and one going the other. They have to be yoked together. Yeah. Pat, why do you think it's important? Well, I, I, I would say, you know, often there's like this, um, it's uh, he doesn't understand my job and I don't understand his job. And as you got two people who, you know, often the, the, the lead pastor isn't, isn't musically gifted. Mm. Um, that's why they hire a music guy, uh, a worship guy, and you, you do your job and I'll do my job. Um, and often there isn't this connection, uh, realizing that, boy, this is really important. I think often too, because when you have uh, someone, a worship leader who uh, sees their lead pastor as not musical, as you know, not gifted in those areas, therefore they have nothing to say uh, to, to the worship guy. Um, and I've, I've heard that so often mm -hmm. hanging out with other worship leaders. It's just, he doesn't get it. Yeah. Um, and, and the danger in that is that we're like your illustration of the oxen. We're, we're not yoked. We're, we're pulling in different directions and, and that can become apparent quite easily. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I was reading, uh, thinking of Bob Coughlin's book, Worship Matters. And, and that, that would be just a great book for, there you go, Rob for all all lead pastors to read and uh, and all worship leaders and maybe even read it together um but there's much there where i think we you know he he mentions in there that ephesians the ephesians 4 text verses 11 to 12 that it, it doesn't mention worship leaders <laughs> you know yeah. it, do, it does mention pastors yeah um and in some ways i think uh the worship leader is really there to serve to come alongside that that lead pastor, senior pastor, and and whether he's musically gifted or not musically gifted, the heart should be: How do I serve this man? And um, and 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 I think often when we go to serve 
the, the lead pastor, we might be saying, hey, do you have any preferences? I do this often, uh, pretty much any time I'm leading worship, I'll say to the, the preaching pastor, uh, is there a, a specific song on your heart or thing that, uh, you know, a sense that you might have from the Lord as we, we conclude your sermon? And I, I know a lot of guys that have done that and get quickly discouraged because they're like, no, I, I don't even think about that stuff. I just preach, you do what you do. Um, but there's a way that, that we can posture our hearts, I think, to, to recognize it. The senior pastor has is, is, is been given a mandate from the Lord to, to lead the church. And we come alongside him to support him and to care for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we, we need to, over time, make it clear that we really value his leadership and we need his leadership as well in what we do. So there's a few thoughts. Yeah, Pat, and I think that's a, uh, there's an important point there, which is you got to understand what your role is. And yeah. I think sometimes if we're unclear about what, what is the nature of this relationship that we have, that can lead to some, some tensions. And just speaking, right. like as an example from my own life, I remember working with a pastor and um, we would constantly be getting into kind of debates about songs and music. And, and it was just, we had a lot of conflict in our relationship for a few years. And it was after three years of this that he finally said something to me one day. He's like, Rob, I'm the worship pastor. You're my assistant. Mm. And it was then that I went, oh, wait a second. I had been thinking that I was the worship pastor. Mm. And, and I, we were not on the same page in terms of the role. We weren't. And once I understood that, once I understood that he didn't see me as like the expert. He didn't, he didn't, I wasn't the hired expert where he, Hey Rob, you just do it. He had very clear expectations, man. Our relationship became so much more effective and better because it wasn't all this tension. And that was simply just, I didn't understand my own role. And it was, that was on my, it was my own fault. I didn't think to ask, I didn't get clarity. And so, you know, some people are just volunteers. Some people are worship directors. I think, You've got to understand what that role means to your senior pastor. And if you think it's something else and he thinks it's something else, man, that's going to create a lot of unnecessary conflict. And like you're saying, Pat, our job is to serve them and to help them. And if I think I'm the worship pastor and he should be letting me do what I want and he doesn't think that, that's going to cause problems. Uh, I'm thinking of like synchronized swimming. Not that I have any experience with synchronized swimming. I just know <laughs> it looks great when it happens. Or, you know, it's like figure skating. There, when there's two people that are working together for a unified purpose, which we do in local church worship ministry. But these people are very different. Pat, you said yeah. earlier, you know, they, oftentimes senior pastors are wired very specifically. Sometimes they're heady. Sometimes they're, you know, kind of straight on full head uh, leaders. Sometimes musicians, worship leaders are more sensitive, you know, or a little more emotional, a little more spacey sometimes, whatever the caricatures, we're just different people. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible says in, uh, I love this scripture in Romans 15, it says, may, now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, right. according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one yeah. mind and one voice. To me, that is such an epicenter verse of Right. The goal, you know, so that basically saying you can worship God even in in your relationship, the fact that you're harmonious and working together, understanding as you've already said, understanding one another, submitting to one another, learning from one another, preferring one another, that 
even as a as a ground zero act is a, an act of worship to the Lord. But uh, it doesn't always happen easy. And in fact, if if people who are listening were honest, they would say, yeah, I've been in a couple of churches. I've been in two, three or four churches. And my relationship with the senior pastor has not been easy. Uh, oftentimes, that's where a lot of conflict happens. I think it's the place where the devil attacks as well. Because if yeah. he can bring division in those the preaching role and the music and worship leading role, he can he can really divide what's what God wants to do in the church. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are some what are some things that you would suggest are good relationship builders? We've we've talked about some already. Understanding our role, what what do you think that we can do to to both build and to guard that relationship? Uh, I mean, I think. I think just intentionality. Um, so if, if you have a, a senior pastor who, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, I remember my first position, I got hired and uh, the senior pastor wasn't relational at all. It was, it was very interesting. Um, <clears throat> and I'm extremely relational. I, I thrive with an abundance of relationships. So it, it began, it was quite difficult at, at first, uh, but continuing to, I think just being intentional to want to foster something to say, um, like, I recognize you as a gift from God and I need you in my life so that I could be the best worship leader that God wants me to be. You know, there's oft, often this tension where, where you mentioned the lead pastors or senior pastors are often heady. We feel a little bit more, um, and have less heady and and there's worship leaders out there that even don't see the 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 need to be theological or to be intentional with um you know Bob Coughlin mentions in his in his uh book that you know his his senior pastor one time walked into his office and brought a big stack of books early on and said, "Here, Bob, I'd like you to read these." Uh, when was the last time you as a worship leader read a book mm. or it went to your, your senior pastor and said, Hey, I want to grow theologically. I want to, it, what we do in worship is directly connected to knowing and, and uh, loving and, and uh, uh, being amazed at this God that we worship. <laughs> and so if we're not, theologians if we're not people who study god um, and our our lead pastors senior pastors we should be pursuing them and saying hey i want to grow in my knowledge of the lord jesus i want to grow in understanding uh, sound doctrine um, so that when we sing songs when we we pray prayers when we read scriptures it's it's informed by by scripture it's informed by it flows out of my relationship with god so i think this is intentionality to pursue the lead pastor senior pastor to say hey you you have much to teach me i think that's the tension often we don't feel like they have a lot to teach us because they're different uh, hmm. but the difference is what god uses i think and sometimes to 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 make us who we are and who god wants us to be and so i think that's one area pursue them for the desire to, 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 to draw them out, ask them, uh, you know, what are some ways that you could help me grow in knowing Christ more? Uh, what are some good books I should be reading? Mm. Good. Yeah. And I think that that hits 
kind of an idea there of humility and yeah. having a humility in in ministry and in your role. I know, I think all three of us have functioned sometimes at times and even often as the preacher and working with our team and they're now leading worship and we're trying to, so we kind of jump into that role sometimes. And one of the big frustrating things is when you're now face to face with some of the very flaws that you have or have historically had where it's like, yeah, you're dealing with a worship leader who maybe just wants to sing their favorite song and now is their chance. And, and, or they've been waiting to kind of push things this way in their style and now's their chance. And that kind of humility, a humility between that relationship, I think is, is, is very important. And, and it's kind of coming again, understanding that kind of Hebrews 13, 17 thing, which is, Hey, submit right. to your leaders. I mean, that's what we're called to do to submit. And, and the Lord has placed your senior pastor as the leader of your church. He's not a perfect man. The scriptures make that clear over and over that God's, God's people are not necessarily perfect, but we're still called to submit to them. And especially as worship leaders and submission is like, that's a humility builder. Uh, constantly having that deferential spirit of humility. I remember, I think it's Paul tells Timothy, first Timothy five, one, he says, don't rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. And so even in those moments where you're going, okay, my, I don't think my senior pastor, I think my senior pastor thinks that singing is just a way to prep people for the word. Um, what do I do? How do I encourage it's, and that's the mindset is even in those moments where there is tension, if you have that understanding of like, mm-hmm. I got to treat him like I would treat my father. I have to be submissive and kind. And it says, encourage him, um, encourage an older man. I think those are key things. And even Paul tells Timothy earlier in, in, in the previous chapter in verse 12, set the believers an, an example in speech and in conduct and love and in faith and in purity. People are watching us. So humility, I think, I would say is essential in that relationship uh, to have any kind of success. Right. You know, and as, as we think about young, younger worship leaders, and often worship leaders are, let's say, in their 20s or early 30s, it really calls for a high degree of Christian character. Mm-hmm. As yeah. we've, we've mentioned submission, we've mentioned humility, we've mentioned being understanding, we've We've mentioned the Hebrews 13, 17. And uh, that's not easy to do as a younger leader. We know those are lessons that we, we take time to learn. And I can just, I want to encourage uh, worship leaders, if, if you're struggling in this area, to actually seek mentoring mm-hmm. by someone who's perhaps an older worship leader, or Pat's already talked about the mentoring of a, a book like Worship God, Worship Matters, excuse me. And um, so I think that's just a real area of growth. Um, it is, uh, it's something, and I, I think that as worship leaders, we actually know, uh, for example, I would say I love information. So what Pat said, you know, I want to know what the service is about, what the tone should be of the sermon, what the, the preaching pastor wants. And I love information. I'll take information and I'll craft it and I'll work with it and I'll run with it. In absence of that information, I feel like I'm aimless and, you know, don't have a target to shoot at. But I'm not going to know that information until I initiate You've used that word initiate, initiate asking the questions, initiate the relationship, initiate even, you know, the knock on the door or the phone call or the text saying, Hey, can we talk about what's coming up next Sunday? And 
I'm just reminded that the senior pastors like this, there's one plate, another plate, there's the board, there's this issue, there's this HR issue, there's COVID. There's all these plates spinning in the mind of the pastor. Yeah. We might be thinking as worship leaders, I have a service on Sunday, but the lead pastor's got so many things on his mind, he's not actually thinking what we're thinking about until we say, hey, can we talk about this? And sometimes when we don't communicate, when we don't clarify, when we don't ask the questions, we live in this world of ambiguity. And that's the devil's playground where we think, oh, he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care about me. You know, I'm not important. And then you know where that all goes, right? That goes nowhere, yeah. goes nowhere good. And I think we've all been there. Yeah, it's good. I think even, you know, like learning to um, ask for input, I think that's another means of being humble where you're, you're not only just, um, you know, you're, you're trying to support his, his vision, you're, but thinking you, you think, you know, what his vision is, but, but maybe to the point of like, Hey, could, 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 could I, would you have some time next week to talk? I just wanted to sit and have a coffee. And, um, you know, if you could be thinking about this past Sunday's gathering, would you, would you give me one or two thoughts that you might have of how I could lead, how could I, I could be a more effective worship leader? Um, I don't know how many worship leaders out there do that. Mm. And, and then I think there have, there is some that have done it, but the, 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 uh, senior pastor might say something like, Oh, you do a great job. You know, it's great or whatever. And, um, that that's like the same kind of encouragement that they probably don't appreciate if at the end of their sermon, if someone comes up and says, great sermon pastor, <laughs> it's like, okay, but what was great about it? What, you know, like, I think there's a way you can say, pastor, that was a, just a wonderful sermon this morning and here's why that sermon was wonderful this and this and this i felt god really used that in my heart spoke to my heart and and i feel like there's gonna be real transformation in my life because of this points that would be far more effective to the senior pastor than just to hear great sermon pastor mm -hmm. and that worship leader uh, to the lead pastor the senior pastor you need to communicate specifics as to what he's doing well and what he's not doing well for the sake of his growth. But I think the humility of the worship leader is say, please help me. Like, I recognize you're not musical, um, but, but I recognize as well, you're the one that God's called to lead this church. The, the first 30 minutes of our gathering or however much time you're using in corporate singing, that is vitally important that you as a senior pastor care as much about that as you do your 20 hours that you're prepping and preparing and then preaching that sermon mm -hmm. so how do how do we we value the senior pastor's input how do we pursue that how do we seek that out and say i really care uh and i i want to hear uh, what you think of of what we're doing and what i'm doing and I, and I need you to serve me in that way to help me so that I could better serve the church. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast on flipping the role and now talking to senior pastors and hey, what senior pastors, how do you work with your worship guy? Um, but right. I, think, I think one thing for the worship guy is like, just how are you doing that question? Yeah. Like building just even moments of relationship where you're talking to a human being who's got problems, who's got stress, who needs right. prayer, who needs yeah. love, who needs a friend. And yeah. often a good way to combat the antagonism that sometimes can happen is just to start loving on them 
And, you know, and sometimes they're busy. So maybe, hey, if they don't have time, if they're running between meetings, okay, don't hold them down in their chair and, and kind of sometimes a senior pastor can get annoyed if you just want to talk, have an emotional conversation and he's busy. But make sure that you're caring and loving like the body, the saints love one another. Your senior pastor yeah. is not flawless. He is not yeah. Superman. He needs your love and your affirmation and your intentional, um, yeah, your intentional affirmation as well. So I think that's another thing. Just really. also love them well and build yeah. relationship. When two people work closely together, you've, you've seen this if you've been on a mission team, right? You're in, you're in an overseas country. It's, it's hot. You haven't slept. And everybody's irritating everybody else. Why? Because you're in close quarters and uh, there's pressure on. And that's kind of a picture of the local church and these, these relationships. First Peter, Rob, just picking up on what you said, First Peter says, love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And, and when there's friction in that relationship, which there will be because we're humans and we're, we're fallen, uh, when there's friction there, love is the, is the oil on the, the wheels that are grinding together. And, uh, you know, love covers a multitude of sins and love enables us to be in relationship with each other the way we should. I love what you said just about pursuing relationship. I think another thing is that we just pray for them. Yeah. Pastor, how can I pray for you? I'm, I'm holding up your arms. I know you're, you're struggling in the battle. There's a lot, a lot going on. You got a lot of stuff at, at home you're dealing with. How can I pray for you? So practically taking them out for coffee, praying for them, uh, yeah. speaking well of them, encouraging them. I think these are all real practical things we can do. Guys, I think we have just, just begun to scratch the surface. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to suggest that in two weeks when we regather again, we're going to do a 2.0 on this. We have a lot more to say. And uh, maybe even folks, if you're watching, you want to shoot off some questions and uh, just ask, ask some questions specifically about your own experience with uh, working with a lead pastor or perhaps, or sorry, uh, yeah, lead pastor, or if you're a lead pastor, some of your frustrations or concerns with worship, working with your worship leaders. We'd love to, to jump in and address all of those when we come back in a couple of weeks. Pat, I'm going to give you and Rob uh, kind of one encouraging final thought before we sign off and uh, we uh, let our listeners go. Yeah, I would just say, uh, guys, you're on the same team, worship leader, senior pastor. Um, and, and with real intentionality, seek to say, how do we work together in a way that brings great glory to Jesus? And, um, you know, the, the amount of preferences, I mean, every one of us have very different preferences. Um, you're willing to set those aside for the sake of, you know, the glory of God. And so pursue your senior pastor, love him, pray for him. Um, ask them how you could be better. That glorifies God. Good. good. I think for me, just historically, humility has been the biggest battle. Um, and we talked about how musicians, you know, there can be a lot of ego in there. We take a lot of pride in our abilities and in our roles, and that can become dangerous. And I think, you know, humility grows in the garden of the gospel. That's mm -hmm. where it best flourishes. And so, man, like, I got to water my life with the gospel. I need to make sure that every day I'm reminding myself of that story of sinners, broken, arrogant, prideful people coming before the cross. The wrath of God not falling on me, but on the perfect son of God to liberate me, to free me. 
from no work of my own, no deed of my own. I don't deserve it. And yet God does that. He lifts me up and he seats me with Christ, puts his robes on me, gives me his righteousness. I don't, pride falters <laughs> at the gospel. It has to. And so we need to just constantly water our lives with the gospel because, again, it reminds me, hey, Rob's not that great. You know, Rob isn't all that great. Christ is awesome. Christ is worthy to be worshipped. And any ideas that I have, man, I'll, I'll trade them uh, to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. So, uh, yeah, humility grows in the garden of the gospel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, amen. Um, I think my final thought is that just uh, enjoy the blessedness of this relationship. God has given uh, these two people a wonderful relationship, but it has to be understood. It has to be nurtured and it has to be guarded. And so be a student, not only of your craft of music and planning services and worship, be a student of this relationship. Really make this one of your competencies that you're going to understand the heart of a lead pastor or vice versa if you're a lead pastor. Understand the heart of a worship leader. Understand it, the relationship, guard it, nurture it, and uh, see what God will do to glorify his name in the church. I also want to say this isn't a, an advertisement for Bob's book, but um, I know specifically, Pat, you talked about that in one of the later chapters, chapters 31 and 32. If you have this book, you can jump into it right today and uh, find about 20 pages. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob Coughlin's talking about that. So guys, thanks for some great thoughts today. And uh, Rob, I'm going to maybe just ask you to pray for those who are in struggling relationships. And Absolutely. I will, I will Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, I know that there are people here who are listening, who are in ministry. They are seeking to lead worship week in and week out, and they're seeking to lead churches, and maybe they're in relationships that provide more stress than necessary, and there's conflict, and there's um, struggle. Well, I just pray. Um, I pray for all the things that we have talked about, that they would take root in us. Lord, that you would um, create in us a, a desire to consider others better than ourselves, to seek the greater goal of the gospel being proclaimed clearly so that ideally it's, it's an evangelism thing so that when people come into our gatherings, you are worshiped, Lord, you are seen clearly. And so we pray for these relationships. We pray for the hearts of, of humility that are necessary for, for these relationships to, to grow well. Lord, we thank you for your church. It is a, a broken, a struggling thing, but Lord, it is a beautiful bride that you are perfecting. And uh, I thank you for those many hundreds and thousands of servants who are listening right now to this. And Lord, we pray that you would grow us all more into the image of your son and that he would get the glory and that the nations would come to worship him. So we thank you for this time and we thank you for your grace so clearly demonstrated to us in Christ. And it's in his name we pray these things. Amen.